Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dream Leapers Inspiration. I'm your host, Harriet Cole. So very happy to be with you today. Welcome, welcome, everyone. I hope you've had a great week and that you've been conscious and intentional during your week. It's important not just that we get through it, but that we are being mindful of the thoughts we have, the words we speak, the things we do. When we are very busy, it can sometimes feel impossible to step back for a moment and to pay attention to those things because sometimes we just feel like what we're doing is surviving, juggling so many responsibilities or feeling the pressure of whatever the day, the week, the moment has brought to bear on us. And sometimes when in those moments, it feels like all we have the ability to do is put one foot forward or just stand up rather than expansively experience the moment. I talked to a lot of people over the past week who felt extra busy. I'm not quite sure why. I certainly am one of those people. My schedule was jam-packed. It was so busy that even though I know how important it is to create moments of transition between one activity and the next, they weren't always built in because we just had so much to do that we filled each moment. What happens when you fill your space like that, when you fill your time like that? Very often, it feels like a race. A race to where? Do you ask yourself, where am I going? Where am I headed so fast? What am I doing that is so important that I need to power through in this particular way? And can I step back for a moment and reevaluate whatever is going on to see if there might be a more efficient, more easeful, more mindful way of handling whatever is before me. Now, I will tell you from experience that when you're in the thick of it, when you feel so busy and so full of things that you have to check off of your list, it can seem impossible to have the space to evaluate, to step back, to look. And yet, those are the times when it's even more important to do that. And so what do I say in those moments? What do I say to myself? What do I say to you? This is the time to engage the breath. The breath is our friend. It is the source on which our life force moves back and forth. It is what can help us to be grounded and aware in the moment or not. And very, very often when people feel nervous, when they feel uncomfortable, when they feel anxious, when they feel unsure, they stop breathing. Think about it. Can you think back to a time when you were really uncomfortable, maybe agitated because you were anxious about what was going to happen next? You weren't sure if you had completed a task that was very important on your to-do list. You were about to be in the company of someone who makes you uncomfortable. You were running late for a meeting and there was going to be no excuse that would make it okay that you were late. 
you had to have a conversation, a tough conversation with someone you care about that you know is going to be difficult. You know, dot, dot, dot. Think of the moment when recently, because here's the point, this is not about some theoretical time. Think about a moment recently when you were uncomfortable and you stopped breathing. You felt like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? And in that, oh my goodness moment, right now I'm doing it, you weren't breathing. I haven't breathed for about four or five sentences right now. And there I took a breath. So the when you don't breathe, a few things happen. Your brain is not processing as fully as it could because you need oxygen to go to your brain. It makes perfect sense, right? But if you don't think about it, then you're not aware of the fact that you're depriving yourself of the very thing you need in order to be full and successful. That's one. What about when you breathe and it allows you to sit back, step back, stand up straight and tall and notice what's around you? This is what happens. So often we fill space with clutter, with clutter thoughts, with clutter words, with clutter actions. You know, the easy things uh, when we think about um, verbal clutter, things that we say like, um, you know, you know what I'm saying, you know what I mean, uh, like, those things are verbal clutter. They, they, they make our conversation points not nearly as crisp as we would like for them to be. And they show that we're not being conscious and intentional about what we say. Many people do those things. I actually teach people how not to do them. I'm, I'm using it as an example now because I want you to think about when have you had clutter in your action? So you did something that is a habit. It's a habit that's part of your life on a regular basis, and yet it's really not serving a significant purpose. It's just a thing that you do. What are those things that you do that don't serve you? What are those knee-jerk actions that you participate in every day, multiple times a day, that aren't helping you, that aren't serving you? What can you release, let go of, so that you have space to think clearly and act in a, in a more precise way? You can figure that out by breathing. Does that seem weird to you? I've talked to a lot of people about the breath. They're like, what are you talking about, Harriet? How can that help me? Just breathing can help me to be better, be clearer. Because the breath is what moves through your body and allows you to be full and alert. So let's practice for a moment. I want everybody to put your feet flat on the floor, wherever you are. Flat on the floor and sit up straight. Shoulders back. And if you'd like to, you can close your eyes. I'll guide you so you'll be fine. Put your hands on your knees, your thumbs and forefingers touch them. Just hold the energy that's moving in your body. It holds the energy and allows you to just be fully present within yourself. Okay, now just breathe naturally. But as you're breathing naturally, notice your breath moving in and out of your body. Just notice it. A lot of times when people notice their breath, 
they notice that they're breathing very shallowly. I want you to pay attention to your breath. And if you can, very gently allow your breath to, taking a breath and releasing a breath to be a little deeper. Not a full deep breath, just a full breath. Allow the breath to move in and out of your body naturally. And when you do, invite goodness into your body. And invite any discomfort to leave your body. Naturally breathe in and out, in and out. Inviting your body to just be still, to be present. Notice your breath as it moves in and out of your body very gently. And if you become aware of any points of tension in your body, with your mind, direct your breath to that part of your body. Invite your mind to push your breath into that space, create a clearing. In and out, very natural breathing. If there's some tension within your body, breathe light into that part. And release any darkness or discomfort that may have been there. I want you to consciously do this. Believe that it works because it does. If you breathe light into an uncomfortable place, it creates space in that place for healing. For those of you who are very heady, meaning there's a lot on your mind, you might feel tension in your head. You might even have a headache. Breathe light into your head into your brain, into the top of your head. Imagine light flowing through your being, from the top of your head all the way through the core of your body. Breathe light into your body. Invite yourself to just be in the light. Just be in the light, be present. Don't think about anything else. Just breathe. Allow yourself to be one with your breath. Just breathe. And as thoughts come up, notice them. But don't feel like you have to hold on to them. Just notice them and allow them to pass. And anything that you're supposed to remember, trust that you will. You'll have time to write down what's come up for you after this breathing exercise. But right now, just breathe. Engage your breath in and out. In and out. Offer light from the tips of your toes to your ankles, to your calves, to your knees, to your thighs, to your sitting bones, to your belly, 
Stop holding your belly and just let it go and breathe. Fill your belly, your belly with oxygen. You really have to direct it there because we often breathe shallowly. Breathe in and direct it to your belly. Breathe out, release it from your belly. Now go to your ribcage. All of the beautiful organs inside, your lungs, your heart. Breathe light into your heart. Through your heart into your back and into your spine. Elongate your spine. Breathe light into your spine. All the way up your neck. And through the top of your head. You feel the light at the top of your head? Yes. Now go back to your hands that are on your knees. Breathe light and energy into your hands. And into your forearms. Breathe type so much. Breathe light and goodness into your hands and your forearms. Into your elbows. Throughout your arms. Into your shoulders. Into your face. Into your mouth. Into your nose. With your eyes closed, into your eyes. And then out through the top of your head. Just breathe. Breathe light in, breathe light out. I'd like to read a quote to you that I found. I think you will appreciate. It's from a wonderful teacher, Thich Nhat Hanh. And he says, breath is the bridge which connects life to consciousness, which unites your body to your thoughts. Whenever your mind becomes scattered, use your breath as the means to take hold of your mind again. Continue to breathe with your eyes closed. And let me read this to you one more time. Breath is the bridge which connects life to consciousness, which unites your body to your thoughts. Whenever your mind becomes scattered, use your breath as the means to take hold of your mind again. This is what we're doing. Keep your eyes closed. We're breathing into our beings, connecting our thoughts, our words, our deeds. When we engage the breath, we're able to engage our inner power, which is that ability to move forward with conscious intention. Very gently, everyone, please open your eyes. I hope you could feel, there's, there's a visceral feeling that comes when you allow yourself to engage your mind, your spirit, 
your words, your thoughts, your actions. When you practice that, it makes a huge difference. It makes you more efficient because what happens is you are paying attention before taking action. You are looking at the landscape of the moment to see what does it call for. I want us to think about this practically now. We just immersed ourselves in our breath. And we, I hope all of us are in the space of awareness, a little bit more acute awareness of where we are at this moment. That's important, but then the practical is really important. How do you put into action what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you've just done for yourself to get in alignment? Well, you can look at examples from your life where maybe you didn't think, do, or say the best thing. And if you had a do-over moment, you might consider it a little differently. I want to give you an example. I was just with a group of families as my daughter's graduating from high school and it was a graduation event for a group of people that we've been in community with for a long time. And I spoke to one of the moms whose daughter I learned has to repeat a year of high school. So she's will be delayed one year going to college. And she shared with me that there were moms who knew that, whose children were graduating, who kind of roped it in. Oh, right, your daughter has one more year, right? With not an evenness of tone, with a judgment of tone. When she told it to me, I could feel her discomfort and her pain and her anger for her child, you know, whatever happened that created the need to pause and continue her high school education a little longer, there was no reason for people to be mean to her, to unconsciously be mean or otherwise, to pass judgment. And I imagine that some of the people who had a knee-jerk comment, didn't even realize what they were doing. There may have been some who did, and that meanness is hard to unpack, even though it's important to do so. But I'm going to guess that at least one of the couple of people who made comments was unconscious, did not even realize what impact her words would have on this other person and on her child. Even when we believe that we are well-meaning, if we don't step back, pause, and take inventory of the moment, we can do something or say something that can be inappropriate and even hurtful. What is happening in the moment that you're in? How can you figure that out so that you can take the best action, say the most appropriate, uplifting thing, be loving? And I say that even if it's at work. You know, be loving at work, yeah. 
how can you choose a positive way of communicating, even if it's a difficult moment? So that moment that I just described to you, which was really unfortunate, imagine if the mothers who made the comments that were not thoughtful had paused, taken a breath, and instead just said, how's your child? How are you? It's so good to see you. And if they were being congratulated to complete the circle of gratitude by saying thank you. Not pointing out, oh, you're not moving along with us. Imagine if they had paused and assessed the moment and chosen to say or do something that would have been uplifting to that other family. Okay, so think about your life. Think about your daily experiences. When have there been moments when you could have been more thoughtful, more mindful of the other person, more attentive? Often, if you're telling the truth, even if you're a person who pays close attention, because we have our own agendas, we have our to-do lists, and sometimes we're motoring through, checking off boxes, especially as I began this broadcast, when we are busy, when we are really busy and the list is long, it can seem impossible to pause and take everybody in and make sure that we're being inclusive. And yet that's even what is more important. I'll give you another example because I think examples are helpful. Um, on one of my projects, I'm working with a team that is super busy. That's probably true for all of them. But this one in particular, the leader is working very hard to ensure that everybody is on point, that everybody's doing whatever is on the agenda to get done in a timely manner. And when the list is long and the meetings are endless, one of the things this person does is to become even mechanical in meetings. We have an agenda. We're gonna motor through this agenda. Anything off agenda, we're not gonna to listen to. If I interrupt you, just know it's because I'm working to keep on the agenda and so forth. And I understand that. I understand that if your intention is to get through something on time, then that is going that that focus, that intention is going to power your actions. And if that means plowing through, you're going to plow through. Now, on the flip side, if you are looking to ensure that everyone has a voice, that everyone is heard, that all parties are on the same page, it could be, if that's your approach, you don't get through even half of the meeting because you're making sure this one, that one, that one, this one gets to speak. And so the meeting gets derailed because someone speaks too long or someone says something that's completely off point and you go down a path that you didn't expect. Where's the middle ground? Because there is one. What if you have an agenda? It is an inclusive agenda. All parties that, or representatives of parties 
who are stakeholders either have an opportunity to communicate in that meeting or in advance of the meeting so that all parties have their input. And then maybe a representative of the parties gets to say something on behalf of their constituency. Being organized and letting people know what to expect is extremely helpful. Being robotic and not allowing people to participate often creates for bad feelings. Being uh, almost militaristic in your approach often turns people off. Being too soft and, and smiling and letting everybody into the kumbaya moment also can turn people off. So it's reading the moment, what is needed right now and what can you do to help make this moment the most efficient and uplifting as possible. It requires planning. It requires spontaneity. It requires seeing and listening and being fully present. Okay, there's another one. What if you know you got 10 meetings on your agenda and in your mind, you're thinking about the one that's three meetings ahead while you're in this meeting. So I'm going to say some of you who've taken the time to be together during the Stream Leapers Inspiration may have to do two things at the same time, or at least you think so. If that's the case and you're dividing your attention what may happen is that you miss something. And then you jump back in with your mind. You're like, what did, what did I miss? I can tell there was something there that, that I didn't grasp. Have you ever been in a conversation, a meeting, or another kind of engagement when you asked the question that had just been answered? Tell the truth. I have. It's terrible. Because then you've outed yourself. You have proven that you were not paying close attention. Now, I want to say to you, it can be really difficult. What we've been doing for the past two years is sitting on some surface, staring into a computer, hardly moving. Because we need to be still while we're on screen, engaging people hour after hour after hour. And even when we are paying close attention, sometimes the modulation of a person's voice may lull us into a moment where, oops, I lost my space. I'm not fully present right now. Or you start with that list. Here's what I have to do as soon as this is over. You text while in the middle of talking. It's kind of like the people who text while they're riding their bike or crossing the street or driving their car. Same thing. If you are participating, actively participating, which can be speaking or listening in a meeting and you're texting at the same time, you are going to miss something. It's not humanly possible to have full attention on two things at the same time. Even though people believe that you can, even though the notion of multitasking was huge I'm going to say a decade ago, that maybe even a little longer, the idea that you are great if you can do two, three, four, five things at the same time. 
has been debunked. You can do them close to the same time, but to be efficient at completing tasks, to be most efficient is to complete one check and then move to another. And in between tasks, take a breath. So a breath can also be considered like punctuation. Let me tell you what I mean. When you're speaking, if you think about the sentences that you say, the paragraphs that you say, and break them down into what would be written, then you know where commas go, where periods go, where exclamation marks go, exclamation marks, where question marks go. Because if you're writing it, you pay attention to that. And there are pauses at each of those exclamation points. A comma is a brief pause. A period is a firm pause. An exclamation mark and a question mark are firm pauses with a certain attitude. After each, there is a breath. And so imagine, instead of attempting to do three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine things at the same time, that you do one, you take a breath and do another. And if you give yourself the breath, and sometimes that's all you get if you're really busy. You don't get 10, 15 minutes. Sometimes it's a breath. If you take it, then you have the ability to engage your breath and prepare yourself for the next meeting. I remember one time years ago, I was auditioning for a television program. I, I was very early in my career and it was a hosting role and like a news hosting role. And I was given three or four different cop, bits of copy that I was to read, say, and they covered lots of different ground. And I went from one to the next to the next, bright and chipper, being my very personable self. And when we were finished, the person who was evaluating me, I think she was a director, said, Harriet, you have incredible potential, but you weren't really paying attention to what you were saying. You smiled when we talked about an accident on the highway. You smiled when we talked about a funeral. Those weren't times to smile. That was when you, spoke, you were supposed to pivot from the joyful moment to the more somber moment. And she said to me, I'm sure you're going to be able to do this really well, but we need somebody who can do it well now. I never forgot. I, I can't even remember when this was. I was in my 20s. And I said, well, can I try it again? Nope, we don't have time. You get one shot. I never forgot because it was such a simple lesson about paying attention. You know, part of me always wants to be upbeat and pleasant and sharing love and light. And I've always been that way. And as a person maturing into my full self, I realized the moment calls for whatever it calls for. And if you're bright and chipper in a somber moment, you're missing the moment. And so in that instance, had I engaged my breath, I could have gone from 
the joyous moment to the somber moment. My facial expressions would have changed. My eye contact would have changed. My whole body language would have changed from one to the next. And so I say to you, read the moment, pay attention, respond appropriately, and use the breath to help you get there. This is part of what they talk about emotional intelligence, really showing up with compassion and awareness. You can do this by engaging the breath. And I hope that, let me read you one more time before we go this quote, because it's so good. From Thich Nhat Hanh. Breath is the bridge which connects life to consciousness, which unites your body to your thoughts. Whenever your mind becomes scattered, use your breath as the means to take hold of your mind again. The breath is powerful. Use it. Use it and really be in the moment and see what happens. I look forward to hearing how you do that. And until next time, everyone, have a great day and make it count. Namaste.